1: I ought to tell them about my Duke. Welcome to the world's famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and
3: uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it all the
0: way
3: live. Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas.
1: Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I have no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't that. know you were But I didn't know that you were a wordsmith.
3: <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267-22-JIGGY.
1: Hey Jiggy, what's happening,
3: man? What must be
2: that uh <laughs> David song.
3: Jiggy Blake guitar. all Jeff.
0: It's a great name, man. thanks for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm I'm Mike Massey and uh, you know you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a
2: few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours.
1: Welcome to our special edition of the world famous Chicky Chagui radio broadcast. We are going to go back to the Skype, and I believe we have we have Michael Mm -hmm. Murphy has joined us, and we have uh, Dan Perkins and Don Mazella. And uh, first of all, Michael, how are you, sir?
0: Well, (laughs) I had a little surgical procedure this morning, and so I'm a little sore.
1: Ah. Well, at least you're not, you're not on the shelf. You're, you're on the injured list, but you're not on the shelf, so. I'm, I'm on injured reserve. (laughs) You're on injured reserve, that's right. Now, um, now, go ahead and, and, and talk to, uh, Dan and Don and me here. Um, give us, give us a, a little bit on your, uh, your books and, uh, and, and your radio broadcasts that you do each week.
0: Well, uh we've got the uh got, got the uh, spare time as uh, a novel that I wrote and um, it's available on um Barnes & Noble and Amazon and all that good stuff. Um, I write for um, actually three websites. It's there. They're all kind of tied together, but it's Madison's Media, Madison CPC, which is Constitutional Protection Corporation and also lanterns.buzz and um I've been kind of on hi- hiatus with my uh, radio program, uh, the Voice of Reason, but uh, we are picking that back up next week, and uh, that, that comes out over as an online uh, radio show uh, through Lanterns Buzz.
1: That's awesome. Now, um, now Dan and Don, uh, I, I wanna I wanna start with you, Dan. There has been a uh, <laughs> this this whole thing with the uh, <laughs> with this. I don't even know where to begin with with, with the news cycle here. Uh, I know that the the latest seems to be this North Korea situation. Uh, what 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 do you make of of some of the different things going on there?
2: Well, uh, I would say even more current than the North Korean situation is the breaking story of the possibility of Assad using chemical weapons. Well, of there mass destruction. that
1: was going to be my next one. Let's just go there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just literally finished. An interview for 45 minutes, about five minutes before I came on with you about this very subject. Um, I I think I scared the host really bad uh, (laughs) because I said, you have to understand that this guy in North Korea doesn't give a crap about anybody, including himself. Yes, And so the idea um, that the world is going to do something about him in this politically correct world i don't see it happening so what's going to happen is what's been missing in american foreign policy for almost 8 years are we going to break away from the pack as mr obama wanted us to be in the pack and not leading are we going to are we going to take care of the problem of the dictator in north korea on our own or are we going to have support now i think tomorrow and when thursday are important days because president of china is coming and mr trump will get a pretty good indication but my guess is jim that he will he will launch missiles on japan south korea the philippines and trying to get something into hawaii now, Michael, what 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 do you make of uh, make of all this?
1: Because you uh, you 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 you've talked about this on on the radio broadcast in the past. How we need to be concerned with the world around us, and how we need we need to not have a a leading from behind strategy, things like that.
0: Well, I, you know, of course, I'm 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 a little bit of a disadvantage here because, like I said, I've. I was under anesthesia when a lot of this stuff was coming out this morning, <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't heard haven't heard a lot about it. You know, I think we sometimes we have to be careful. We have a tendency to want to go out and and um, you know, he mentioned you know, like you're know, taking the lead. I think we have to also be careful about um, going out and just doing things. You know, um, we have a we have a a terrible record of our in our nation of going out and and um, you know changing regimes and doing this and that and the other and and when we 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 think we're doing a really great thing and then there's unintended consequences down the road um i understand that this is a this guy's a screwball (laughs) you know there's no (laughs) there's no getting around there's no getting around that but the the bottom line is is uh is what do you do are you just going to go in there you can drop a nuke on him uh what are you going to do um, in in a lot of cases, we're in a situation where we can't really do anything, uh, you know, until something's done to us. In other words, as a as a uh, as a private citizen, if I go out here and I say, "Well, this guy over here is a drug dealer," I'm just going to go out and shoot him. Um, I can't really do that, but I mean, if he comes to my house and and uh, does something to me, I can I can take him out. All right, if yeah, you the, the,
2: me, the 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 you problem know? the problem that I have with though i understand your logic but the problem i have with your logic when applied to international situations we have not to the best of my knowledge we have not had a situation where we have an unstable person who has the ability to not only to build nuclear weapons because the estimate he may have as many as 20 is building the delivery system to deliver them and is threatening the United States to use them. Do we wait okay. until Hawaii is uninhabitable or the Philippines are gone? We have a treaty with South Korea. He launches his nuclear weapons against South Korea. Well, that country's toast. Um, so that the the stakes this time are much different than more and more Gaddafi in, in 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 Libya or or Saddam Hussein in Iraq. Here we're talking about a person who has control of weapons of mass destruction and has already said he wants to bring him to the United States. So I think that's I, different than the other things you're talking about.
0: I understand it is different, and I guess I would ask what what would you do.
2: Um, I'll tell you what I would do. I would send SEAL Team Six in to assassinate him. I don't think I have to send airplanes to try and kill him wherever he's going to be. I need to send some ground forces in on a stealth basis. Turn them loose. Go get him.
1: Yeah.
3: So that's Let's add some to... that's a lot more difficult to do
1: (laughs) yes yes don you 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 are correct and 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 i and and that's kind of my feeling on this is is that it's it's a lot more difficult to do than it is to say dan Uh, i understand uh, that
2: go ahead don Uh,
1: no i mean uh, uh
3: that that's often been thought of and uh the, the solution, the best solution, is for his own people to assassinate him, because, he, um, but uh, as you can see from the recent executions, people around him uh, have a tendency not to last long. Um, uh, in fact, uh, his uh, if the uh, uh, intelligence briefings are correct, his um, uh, his entire um, uh, uh, safety apparatus has been turned over in the last uh, eighteen months. So, uh, and he is very secretive about where he's going. And in fact, uh, um, whenever he, uh, moves outside of the, uh, of the presidential palace, there's always, uh, at least four different cars and you don't know which one, uh, he's in. He's learned, uh, from our, uh, drone attacks, uh, that it's very, uh, that you've got, you've got to give multiple ta- uh, targets in order to stay safe. But Dan's right. The best solution is uh, assassination. And I I think um, uh, President Trump uh, alluded to that fact a little bit when he said the United States could take care of it alone. Everybody thought he was talking militarily. But if you read between the lines and if you um, uh, read a recent discussion in in one of the military magazines, what he's really talking about is um, uh, political assassination. Right. And that, that's what I think is, is going to happen. I think you're going to see that. You're also, I'm going to bring up my favorite subject, uh, uh, Jiggy, which is Venezuela, which is also about to explode. So yeah. between those two, um uh, hot spots, uh, people are looking one way or the other, but, but the real danger is, uh, in Venezuela, in North Co- Korea, and then, um, uh, President Assad doesn't know when, it, when he's well off and should have kept, kept his weapons home instead of uh, going ahead and doing what uh, I understand. I, I don't have uh, all the details because I'm out of the country. Um, uh,
2: he, he apparently ha- has uh, provoked more anger. Yeah, I, the, the, the early estimates is they believe that he used sarin gas and that there are between 50 and 100 people killed. And hundreds uh, injured, uh, but see, th- this is this is um, we have we have a real opportunity here in the in the in comparing and contrasting the two nations of North Korea and Syria. We have two leaders there who uh, have been emboldened because of the lack of activity uh and in and, and commitment on the part of the united states which in turn led to the rest of the world not being uh, concerned when president obama and i was at a, a conference uh, about a month ago where a reporter political reporter for the new york times said which blew me away that probably the biggest diplomatic mistake In this century last hundred years was the drawing of the line in the sand and when he when he used weapons of mass destruction we did nothing about it so we emboldened him and as and 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 the same thing is going on only this time the weapons are different the destruction is even greater the loss of life will be even greater but it's the same scenario We've got a narcissistic leader who is trying to dominate wherever he is and and are willing to use weapons of mass destruction to make sure that he's in control. The difference between Venezuela, North Korea, and Syria is that North Korea may have, in fact, 20 nuclear weapons. And that means a hell of a lot more people are going to die.
1: Now, Michael, sitting back and listening to all this, <laughs> what, 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 what do you make of all this?
0: Well, I think, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm a little more probably libertarian in my views in, in, in relation to our activities abroad. Um, I, I come along more the, the deal of, of, uh, I'm not a really big Teddy Roosevelt fan. But takes <laughs> off and carry a big stick, kind of a deal. I, you know, I, I, I would tell people, look, you mess with us, and we're gonna wipe you out, obliterate you, turn you to glass, whatever it takes, and then we're gonna go home. You know, we don't, we're not gonna screw around. And these people do not understand when you're dealing with the Islamist uh, type deals, They, it, it's, it's like dealing with Japan. To die, uh, in, for the cause is, is glory and, and eternal life. Well, how do you fight people like that? You don't, it's you not, kill them. It's, it's less,
3: it's, it's,
1: it's, <laughs> you don't, just,
0: you but
3: kill them.
0: I, no. I mean, the idea that we can, that we can win hearts and minds does, doesn't work. You know, and the same thing in North Korea, those, those people don't know, uh, the average North Korean doesn't know the United States exists, or if they do, they think it's, a, it's an evil empire. Yeah. Because that's what they've been taught. And, um, I, I had a chance to meet, uh, Victor Perenko, the, uh, the guy that stole the, the MiG 25 back in 1973. Yes. <laughs> he, he did not, he did not come to, he, when he left the Soviet Union, he did not leave to go to America. He just knew he didn't like where he was. He had been taught that America was lazy in a in a vicious, nasty place he this is the last place on earth he wanted to come mm-hmm. he knew he didn't like where he was you know and so we're dealing we have a hard time putting ourselves in the shoes of other places because we don't know what they've been taught and and it's just it's a very difficult situation and and I think we we get a little bit of an arrogant situation when we 're going around. Deciding who has a right to, to live and who has a right to die, and uh, who has a right to lead, whatever like that. As long as they're within their own country, it's kind of hard for us to go around and saying, "Well, you don't have a right to treat your people that way."
3: You know Michael, can mm-hmm. I uh, two things? One is, if I recall correctly, he left the country because I think didn't they give him a million dollars for for the for the uh, Mig? I mean, uh, that's a powerful incentive for anybody to leave. Any place. Yeah, but he, they may have at some point, but that's,
0: no, the, that's not there was a standard,
3: No, there was a standard reward for any no. um, Russian no, pilot. No, that's not correct. He didn't know about it. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, well, now, I used to uh, write for Aviation Week, mm-hmm. and it was <laughs> common knowledge in the aviation industry that the, the standing offer was $1 million. For anybody that brought a MiG-21 or a MiG-25 or a MiG-23, uh, intact to the West. And I remember, the, uh, remember that, but uh, that maybe uh, clearly. that may will be the fact, but, but I, like I said, I
0: met him and I, and I visited with him. He, he did not, oh. he was not trying to come to America. He wanted out of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, and a million dollars, an awful, line, cushion cushioned thing. But, if, but, but, uh, but if, uh, But if you don't know about
3: it, well, Well, um, again, uh, I don't mean uh, Michael, you're a guest. I don't mean to argue with you, but I I, I remember I remember that so clearly because I covered it, Uh, and I covered that that and a few other things like that. And uh, uh, and the the saying was, "It was amazing how how many planes uh, uh, we uh, ended up with." And it was a cheap price, Um that uh, we were getting them, uh, uh, we were getting them from, uh, not only the Soviet Union, but, uh, and I'm trying to remember, uh, uh whether it was India or one other country we, we, we got the jets from. But, but, um uh, again, I, I'll, I'll back off, Michael, cause you're a guest. But I, I do remember that.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not denying that there was that there was a million dollar reward. What I'm saying is, I met the man and I talked to him, and that was not why he left. And I don't know that he
3: even knew about it. Well, where did you? Be? Well, okay. Let me ask you the different question because you, you raise a different subject. What do you mean yeah. by libertarian? That uh, I love that term, but uh, what's your definition of it? Because uh, um, I'm always curious how people look and think about it. Well I like I
0: like to I would call it more classical uh classical liberal. Uh Thomas Jefferson. More like that. I'm I'm not libertarian. I, I think when I think libertarian in this in this country and with the party, you first thing you think of is let's make all the drugs legal. <laughs> you know? Mm. Uh it's so and so I in other words,
3: you believe in slavery. Uh, <laughs> I I'm, I'm making right. a joke. I'm making I a guess joke. So. <laughs> You know, now these people uh, complain about Thomas Jefferson and all the things he did, and the only way we can talk about is the fact that he had slaves. But, but uh, no, I, I couldn't resist it. I'm sorry, Michael. Yeah, that's fine.
1: <laughs> now, now, Dan, uh, sitting back and 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 hearing all of this and uh, just you know all, all all the all the back and forth here. So, so, so Venezuela is is one that that you think we ought to be concerned with as well
2: well I think we need we need to be concerned about venezuela for a different reason and and then we then uh, syria and uh and north korea i uh, i don't think venezuela is a nuclear threat um i I think that we could have uh a a, a significant event in Venezuela that will dramatically change the flow of immigrants out of that country because I think when it blows up and I know Don's been predicting it for a century that it's going to blow up um but I I I just believe that it is going to blow up and uh it's going to be brutal uh there's not going to be a lot of country left there will be resources but nobody know will know how to use them and so i think they're going to see a huge migration north and um and i think that um it's it's a serious serious problem and the question is are we going to stop them at the southern border or and because clearly mexico is not going to but if we're going to stop them and turn them away what's going to happen to them in mexico and um that to me is is uh we could be looking at jim we could be looking at an immigration from venezuela equal or greater to than the islamic immigration into europe it's that it's it's that ugly a situation wow
1: michael what what that 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 that, that that's a huge statement there what do you think about that
0: well, I think it's possible, uh, but however, a lot of the, uh, um, you know, Trump's position in relation to immigration has, has slowed an awful lot of that down. And what, what created the problem we had before was the, basically the open border. And, and if it's made clear that that's not, uh, that's not going to stop it, but that should slow it down if it's made clear that they're not coming. You know what I mean? In other words, when you, you come over here, you're going to get sent back and you're going to get turned away unless but, you've been, you know, unless you go through the channels. And I understand, but see that, okay. I understand desperation. I understand all sorts of things when people, you know, when, when people are, are trying to, to escape a bad situation.
2: My concern is that the if if you saw the pictures of the migration coming from the Middle East up through. Africa through uh Italy and through Greece, Greece and, and and all that. If you saw that that I mean it was it was virtually a wave of human people. And yeah. and, and 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 they were ill equipped to deal with it. They're still ill equipped to deal with it. Um we we might have I don't know whether we'll have a wall in place it really depend upon um when this thing falls apart. But I, I just it, I, I just look <laughs> at it as 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 a literally a tidal a tsunami wave of people that are going to be continued to be shepherded north because the Central American and uh, Africa and and Mexico countries cannot handle this wave that's coming, so they'll just pass it on, and it will come into the United States in such such a volume. I understand. I see the numbers on the number of illegals that are coming across the border. But I'm, I honestly believe that if if Venezuela goes the way I think and Don think it's going to go, these people are going to have to leave because there will be nothing for them, and they're going to have to leave, and they are going to migrate north. And it's, it's going to be millions of people. Well,
3: um, uh, Dan, I... <laughs> Uh, I, don't, I don't mean to, uh, I am going to disagree with you because uh, the CIA believes the worst part about what's going to happen in Venezuela is that you're, you're going to have a, a, a fratricide side of, of war. Uh, don't forget, Venezuela uh, is probably one of the best educated, basic education uh, nations in South America. It, it's been that way for for uh, over uh, 60 years. Um, that's number one. No, number two, um, uh, it, it clearly demonst- demonstrated by the opposition that it's well organized and uh, s- certainly has forced uh, uh, the leftist regime into backing off uh, m- more so than it wants to. When it does explode, uh, the the worry is that it will end up in t- being a brutal civil war which will uh destroy the fabric of the country you're saying there'll be a um, a tidal wave uh moving north uh, it, It's interesting uh, uh, over the last three years when all of this has been going on the rate of uh, immigration from Venezuela has been surprisingly um, small relative to the situation um, and uh the feeling is. Uh, amongst the people that uh, seem to know what they 're talking about, though who the heck that really does know in a situation like that that the The thing that would really dis is that the uh, civil war will destroy what what 's little left of the economy and the petroleum uh, generate uh, 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 industry and leave leave Venezuela severely uh, 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 fractured and um, uh, on its back, that's more of a worry than than whether they come north. But if they do, uh, if they do come north, they are certainly better prepared in terms of education than some of the people we're seeing from Ecuador and other
2: places. Yeah, my my concern is where I would respectfully disagree with you is that the there are no resources left in the country uh, in terms of financial resources. So I don't know how you, you're going to be able to pay the soldiers to, have, to fight the, the rebels and where the rebels are going to get any money to, to fight the government. Uh, it's called the CIA. <laughs> so you're saying the American government is going to su- is supply the money to the rebels to topple the government. I, They're doing it now.
3: I mean, if, if you don't think that the CIA is behind um, a lot of this unrest, um, I got another bridge to Brooklyn to sell you. know, <laughs> uh. the, the other thing we kind of neglect
0: to think about in this is, is when we're looking at the Middle East, you're looking at, that's a tribal country, that's tribal, and it was never countries. Uh, it was made countries by, by the uh, uh, uh we've got over here in on this side of the pond with people who have to maintain their country i mean if some the things were messed up here, would you want to leave america
2: well i think that's a good i think that's you a know? good good point i mean it, it it you could take that same analogy uh to europe uh what we've had is we've had for twenty five years we've had this stew that went into this pressure cooker called the e u where we had all of these various tribes the the French and the Germans and the Swedes and the English and the the Hispanics and everything else that were put into this pot and were told to forego their Culture, their history, and become Europeans. I think that that's part of the problem of why things are breaking up in 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 Europe. In in and started by Britain is that the tribal nature that the people of the tribes want to keep the tribes and the central government in Brussels, which is nondescript, is trying to destroy the the, the tribes. And I think that the, a lot of people in Europe are fed up well i think that you could apply the same tribal nature that you just talked about in uh in, in syria a- and the 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 Sykes-Picot's destruction of the ottoman empire um and the way they carved up the middle east in, and and forced the the cultural uh challenges and religious challenges yep. within the groups in the countries was was a disaster I agree. Absolute disaster.
1: Yep. Now Don,
2: so, oh, go you, my, ahead. Dave. My
0: connection's been kind of messed up. I've missed a lot of that, but anyway, go ahead. I I heard Sykes Pico. I agree about that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what I was saying, what I was saying is that that the 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 arbitrary selection of putting tribes together that were warring factions under Sykes Pico to divide the the, the Middle East, um, has, has caused the tension that's been there since they were divided, uh, and the Ottoman Empire was broken up. Um, and it's why we have all of this conflict and have had it for decades in the Middle East is because we're trying to put two tribes or three tribes or five tribes together in the borders of a, of a country where they, they never were there before, uh, in a, in, in a, a structure where you had, um, Shiites and Sunnis and, and Kurds and all kinds of different people within the same nation. We, we succeeded in the United States because people came to us freely from all over the world and they, and they migrated and assimilated. The, the problem is that in, there is no assimilation in the Middle East and the assimilation is falling apart in Europe. Because people don't want to assimilate into a non descript politically correct culture
1: well, and see this is this is the thing and and I'll, and I'll go to Don on this that, 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 this whole deal Don, that uh, we're, we're going to be able to fix this somehow what <laughs> what why why do people continue to think that this is possible
3: well you know the, they also think that the tooth fairy comes occasionally um uh, it, that's a darn good uh, question, Jiggy, and if I had an answer, I'd tell you. Um, <laughs> uh, um, you know, uh, there's just uh, so much uh, uh, that we can uh, uh, say. I, 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 Oh, let us uh, let me put it this way. I'm a little bit of lost words because I can't give you an answer.
1: <laughs> okay, Dan. Uh, follow up there on Don's point. Is there an answer to any of this?
2: Um, good question. <laughs> um, we, we We have to understand that... We are about to celebrate our 250th anniversary in a few years, maybe nine years. And, and we're trying to figure out what to do with, with nations that have been around for 10 centuries, a thousand years. And, and it seems to me that, that, um, Mike kind of alluded to it earlier in this conversation. We, we have to understand that we cannot impose democracy in parts of the world where democracy will never have a chance to flourish. But I think that, that what we're, we have to do is to try and find a way for those warring factions in the Middle East to find a way to be peaceful. Now I know. That you've got some huge cultural differences here, but, and I know this is going to sound absolutely bizarre, but one of the ways I think could, uh, could have an impact is what's going on right now in the world oil markets. Okay. Um, in, uh, last fall, OPEC surrendered and said that they had, to, they had to cut production in order to raise prices because they were putting the financial health and survivability of virtually all of the member nations, including Saudi Arabia, and non-member nations like Russia, at risk with arbitrarily low oil prices. I wrote a piece in February... Which dealt with the decision to cut production created the death spiral for OPEC. Not only as a political group, but also as a cartel. And what's happened, and I said in the article that I believed that OPEC was forced to cut production and will be continued to force to be cut production because they need to try and get the price of oil somewhere north of $60 a barrel. But I said, every time OPEC cuts the production, the American frackers in the Dakotas and West Texas and other parts around the nation will continue to drill. They will drill, and whatever OPEC cuts, they will bring to market. And so what's going to happen is that OPEC's share of the oil market is going to continue to spiral down. Lo and behold, two months later, last week, a report that showing that America is now exporting a million barrels of crude oil a day, uh, 1.3 million barrels of diesel fuel, and 680,000 barrels of gasoline a day out of the country. And that they are taking market share away from the OPEC nations and the other oil producers when that revenue is insufficient to maintain the governments and the supports services to the individuals, here comes the pr- the prediction. You may see the dissolution of OPEC and the destruction of many cities. As those Arabs go back to a nomadic relationship,
1: Don, what what what, what do you make of uh, Dan's points there? Well,
3: um, uh, I've always agreed with with uh, Dan on these things. I've uh, often said that he was the first to say that, and I saw in today's paper in Miami Herald that uh, 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 re- there were re- record oil exports. Um, I want to disagree with him on one point. You're right. We're only 250 years old, uh, less than that. But don't forget, we invented democracy. We can go back and say the Greeks did, etc. But um, there's a wonderful book called Inventing a Nation, which talks about, uh, again, the Constitutional Convention. And we have re- really shown the world how, how to lead uh, uh, lead and be, uh, become a democracy and and for that uh, we everybody should thank us uh, and like uh, all new uh, new converts, we want everybody else uh, to convert to democracy and unfortunately it 's not going to happen, probably not in our lifetime, maybe in a couple of lifetimes from from, uh, uh, from now there may be general overall democracy but um what I think will will uh, make for democracy and really uh, change it is the internet. You know, uh, there's an old saying: "How are you going to keep them down on the farm once they've seen parody or in this case, Paris?" And w- once the internet, despite what the Chinese and all the tyrants around the world want to do, once uh, the, uh, it makes uh, the the universal. Um, a uh, uh, world order where people look at things um uh, with this uh look at the same things at the same time that's when we're going to have democracy uh oil's going to help dan i I agree with you, but I think it's the internet, and I just think we have to accept the fact that uh we will be the beacon of democracy remember that old that old expression, but it's still a true one uh and if we keep showing the way to get it done then uh, uh uh i don't know about you it'll happen perhaps not in our uh lifetime but in the future
1: well uh i i want to i want to move on to uh, to another topic here uh this being the uh the us senate are they going to go nuclear over this filibuster of uh, of Neil Gorsuch and uh, the Supreme Court, um, Michael, I think's back with us. Michael, what, what what do you think about this uh, Democrat situation and, and, and everything? Are the Dems going to do? Uh, are, are, are the Dems going to filibuster this thing?
0: Well, it sure looks like it. I don't know. Um, you know, it seems to me like they might save that for another for another time. But uh, they've never been the brightest bulbs in the pack, anyway. <laughs> so uh, I just, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that um, they probably will go ahead. And I think the, I don't know. The Republicans have such a tremendous ability to snatch uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory. But uh, I, I think on, I think on this particular case, I think they'll probably do whatever it takes to get him in, be that the nuclear option or whatever.
3: I think that, uh, I'm going to jump in here and say yeah. if the Democrats do that, I think it's one of the most destructive acts they could ever do, do for the, for democracy, for the American democracy. Um, you know, when I was growing up, they used to call the Senate the world's greatest deliberative body. And people actually used to debate things and actually try to p- change people's opinion, much as they did in the ancient, uh, Athens, um, Senate. Etc. And if the Democrats destroy that tradition, uh, for, uh, for in effect, a pyrrhic victory, because what will uh, what will happen if, with the nuclear option is all they will do is just uh, ensure his victory, and then they, they can all go around saying, see, he's not a legitimate Supreme Court justice, like everything else they're saying about Trump. But, the, but that two-thirds majority had a very good uh, use. It, it protected the minority. And uh, if the Democrats go and destroy that last vestige of protecting the minority, they are really um, uh, uh, cutting off their nose to spite their face, or
2: whatever the saying is.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well... Tomorrow morning on the Daily Caller, you can read an article on me called Democrats So Um, Short-Sighted. I believe that Mr. McConnell has told uh, the press that Justice or Judge Gorsuch will be confirmed to the Supreme Court this week. And when asked... Will he use the nuclear option? He said, "Quote, that's up to the Democrats." End quote. Right now, where I'm going to uh, disagree—got two times in one show, Jim—disagreement dis- between Dan and Don. Where I'm going to where I'm going to disagree is that the Democrats have already did it. The Democrats did it on lower court judges when Harry Reid eliminated the the sixty vote rule for the confirmation of lower court Greeks. justices. So they already did it. The only thing left, the only thing left, not subject to the 60-vote rule, or subject to the 60-vote rule, is the confirmation and voting for justices of the Supreme Court. It seems to me that this is, or I agree with you, Don, this was a crazy, ill-thought-out, egotistical uh, intimidation which is the way that the Democrats have worked with previous Republican presidents. Even if they're in the minority, they try and intimidate the Republicans to capitulate, to go away and hide. And what's happened here this time, the President of the United States is not taking any of the crap from the Democrats or their operatives. And so the reason why I think it's short-sighted the Republicans are trying to replace their conservative leader, Antonin Scalia. And for the Democrats to try and object to the replacement of the conservative that was already there is, is a tactical mistake because if they are, if they force, if they, they are trying to convince the leadership of the Republican Party that the sanctity of the Senate is why they should not use the nuclear option. In fact, Chuck Schumer said, change the candidate. Don't change the rules. Well, well pardon? You're right. You're right. And so the the point is, if you're going to ch- they want, so this is, again, intimidation of the Democrats to the Republicans. Change. Um, Dan,
3: can, can I jump in here? Go um, ahead. Um, um, I don't mean to, but I, I, I want to get a point. Uh, when they opened the hearings yesterday, I happened to catch Senator Grassley, um, and he gave one of the most masterful speeches um, I've heard in the Senate in a long time in which he laid out everything. It was 11 minutes long, but it was absolutely a uh, stunning uh, recapitulation of every argument for and against um, uh, uh, the Supreme Court nominee. And it was just a masterful uh, 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 speech. And then it was followed by Barbara uh, Feinstein, sitting over standing over there and uh, bl- uh, blathering about the fact that the uh, uh president obama's uh candidate didn't get a a, a uh, chance and and between the two two speeches you could cl- clearly see the difference between the republican party and the democratic party on this and so many issues it was a stark reminder of just the differences and how one party is going in one direction and the other party is going in the in the opposite direction, and uh, both uh, both of those speeches should be uh, played in every American classroom. I, I couldn't. Uh, I wanted to make sure I
2: got that in there. Okay, that's that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that because the issue is the 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 reality, Jim, is that this is not about Gorsuch. This is no. the Democrats. This is about the Democrats fearing that if they allow this conservative to come to the bench that there could be two more judges, and that could be Justice Kennedy and Justice Ginsburg who may be up for replacement within either the first four years, surely the second four years of the Trump, so this was a <laughs> A battle by the Democratic Party to try and keep control of the Republican Party to intimidate them to abandon their beliefs and and not uh, take the nuclear option. Agree. And and, and it, I close this article this way, Jim. Um, Democrats and their supporters are asking. Why don't you reach across the aisle? Who can forget the words of former President Obama when he said, quote, elections matter. I won. You lost. Deal with it. Perhaps Mr. (laughs) Schumer should head, should, uh, uh, as the head of the party, should reach across the aisle, or excuse me, Mr. McConnell, should reach across and step across the aisle and whisper into Mr. Schumer's ear, votes count yes, and vote no or yes on the nomination. We won. You lost. Get used to losing for a long time.
1: <laughs> it's Dan Perkins. It's Don Great. Mazzella. And uh, Michael Murphy is uh, having having some tech issues on his Skype, and I think uh, – where he's at, I think he's out in the country. So it, it it's <laughs> Skype doesn't work a lot out there. Now, Don, uh, what, what, what do you, what do you make of all this as we move forward, uh, with all this? That that cause, cause this, this is going to get entertaining the next couple, couple weeks. Oh, well, I think it's
3: insane now, but, uh, um, I, um, I, I think I'm, by the way, I'm out of the country too in St. Martin. Um, Ah, uh, okay. I'm just um, in Florida. (laughs) Well, some people say that's out of the country too, but that's not the story. Right. Um, But um, uh, seriously, um, uh, what's happening, I think, you know, I said it uh, a couple of years ago about how you're learning to govern, and I think the Republicans are learning to, to govern. Uh, against the uh cacophony of uh media blitz, every little thing gets uh, magnified to the point but if uh what my uh friends in Wa- Washington are telling me is that uh they, they are really gathering their reins of of uh power and starting to make things happen uh, just a, one example um, uh, uh, president trump is donating his salary. Uh, to the parks uh, to the parks commission at the same time he's cutting uh, the, their budget I, I I think that's a great irony and uh, a great sense of uh, uh, timing I, uh, uh, from what I'm hearing uh, and I'm certainly not hearing it from the media things are, are starting to happen much in the way that I know Dan wants them to happen um, and I I think in a couple of months. You're really going to start to see the, uh, the ship of state, which is the uh, Trump uh, administration, really picking up steam and uh, steamrolling over uh, quite a few things, um, the EPA, etc. Uh, uh, I'm I'm very encouraged. If you if you sit on that side of the aisle, uh, you're entitled to be encouraged. If you sit on the other side of the aisle, the Democratic side and the liberal side. You're sitting there saying <clears throat> um, what's going on here <clears throat> and and what what's going to happen to all our cherished programs i th- um, I think one of the biggest ones by the way, to look for is Planned Parenthood. Uh, I think you're going to see some major changes in Planned Parenthood, which uh, um, liberals are not going to like. <clears throat> excuse me, I mean, I can go on and on. But that to me is the
1: most encouraging thing. We've got uh, Dan. Uh, kind of give us a follow up there on on, on what Don was saying with with, with some of the uh, some of the different programs that could be cut.
2: Well, I th- I th- I try to be a little bit of a forward thinker, uh, and as Don knows, I try and get ahead of the curve before anybody else when I write stuff. And, and I think I've demonstrated over the last couple of years, I, I'm, I'm, I'm forward thinking enough. So let me tell you what, what I think is the next thing to happen. Um, there are a lot of people in the mainstream media who have focused so much attention on the Russian connection and not reporting anything else but the Russian connection. They're missing all the things that Mr. Trump has promised that he would do when he was running for president, and he's already executed. And I think that, that until the media starts to give him credit for what he's doing, it's going to be a contentious relationship. But let me give you, uh, a prediction. In Mr. Trump's, and as I have negotiated deals, uh, before, not before Mr. Trump, but, uh, um, I've negotiated some pretty good deals. And one of the strategies I've always believed in, if the negotiations weren't going fair between the parties, get up and walk away. And I think what happened a week or so ago, when Mr. Ryan called Mr. Trump and said, I don't have the votes, I think Mr. Trump said, get up and walk away from the table. Now, I could create for you the following scenario. If you listen to what Mr. Trump said, he said the Democrats still own Obamacare. They still own it. It's their legislation. I could create a scenario that says that Mr. Trump decides maybe we're not going to rush into this replacement of Obamacare. I know that there are financial implications for small business and everything else. But I think that he, he could possibly let this thing explode with um, one of the providers announcing that they're going to pull out of 300 counties and Humana reporting they're going to pull out of portions of Tennessee more and more people around the country are going to find that they're going to have no choice. And as they get to the point that they find no choice, I think the Democrats are going to start understanding the bad news is we still have Obamacare because the pressure is going to be significant on the Democrats. So you could literally have a situation sometime in the future where instead of the Democrats asking the Republicans reach across the aisle, the Democrats in panic are going to ask the Republicans to help them change Obamacare and replace it. And I think that that could happen late into the fall and still within the first year of the president's term. But the vulnerability that the Democratic Party has to the continuation of Obamacare, the lies that they've told the American people, yeah, Cost of premiums and everything, and new new prices going up. And in the fall of this year, voters will find out for those that are remaining what their premiums are going to be for 2018. And my guess is, Mr. Trump will save them by changing it.
3: Dan, that's absolutely one of uh, the best things you ever said, and, and uh, a very accurate. And I couldn't agree with, with you more. That's a smart way. My question to you is, uh, you are very hot to get up. A- with Lucky
2: Lance you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.